Hello, I'm Megan Gray and you're listening to Change the Record podcast by Vocal Girls and Tomorrow. In this episode, I'm speaking to the incredibly talented pop artist, Gracie. Don't want no one because I'm on the right track with the about you got me changing my mind like that. I don't waste time no more. I know what's right and wrong. Won't find me going backwards. Gracie is a 22-year-old singer-songwriter from Brighton who you'll probably know from her top 10 single, Don't Need Love which featured 2020 Kid and earned her her first platinum record. Just last week, she released her brand new mini album, The Art of Closure, which includes singles like Empty Love. I'd definitely go and give that a listen when you get the chance. In this episode, we talk about social media, setbacks, and what it really feels like when all your dreams become a reality. an artist and as my career has been it's all like from day dot was always up and down because like just like loads of things had happened that were like really got in the way of like things like a normal artist new artist career I guess like going on tour yeah. I couldn't go on tour last year and it just felt like the exact same thing this year um with Rona but you know no one wants me to go on tour apparently the universe says not for you um so it has had its its challenges but I think sometimes like being put in a position where you're like um you have to think outside the box like actually does make me work harder and like what work smarter in a way so I think that's kind of what 2020's been I hope yeah I think it's definitely made us more adaptable yeah definitely as humans I was shocked I, I kind of remember when this all came out and I thought, this is going to be weird how quickly this whole thing gets normalised. That's quite good. Like, being able to adapt to things is definitely, like, a positive thing. Um, and obviously, like, it's all just, like, coming together. And I quite like the fact, in some ways, I don't know if I'm the only one, but, like, during lockdown, the fact everyone in the country was in the same position, mm. bar, like, obviously, like, the key workers, like, everyone was in the same boat and everyone was kind of joining together and like you don't really get that very often so yeah it was kind of yeah it definitely had its like ups and downs but um no overall I think 2020 has been a pain but we we learn and I think that's always good (laughs) so uh for anyone that hasn't heard your music how would you describe what you do um I think it's definitely evolving like as I'm kind of growing up a little bit more and like I think yeah I started off doing like um a, it was a lot moodier um and it still definitely is moodier I've definitely got that um sad girl in me but I think um more recently with the the stuff I'm releasing it's definitely a bit more up tempo um a bit more um like I I think I know who I am a little bit more now so it's a bit more um What's a word? Like, I forget the word. Like, I... Well, that's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> like, I don't even know what word I am. Um, but I just feel, yeah, a lot more confident in who I am as a person and who I, who I am as an artist. And I think that's it's been a nice, like, evolution. That's, I think, what I've noticed in your music with the last song that you've released, like that, being so catchy and upbeat I love it I can't get it out of my head I said that to you a minute ago that was my first ever happy song like genuinely (laughs) so I mean it's not the first one I've ever written but it's the first one I actually released so yeah I think um it was the first one that made me go like yes I want her out in the world I want to share her um so yeah that's I mean that in itself I think was a big step for me and this year has been unreal for you in terms of your career you've got your first single in the top 10 and gone platinum how did that feel um yeah having that um that first ever top 10 was genuinely like a little childhood dream for sure and it was not how I thought it would ever be because you know it was during lockdown um but yeah I think there's so many different ways of viewing it like part of me is like oh my gosh I don't get to sing that live no one's gonna care about it in a year no one's gonna want to go and like definitely that that is a spiral or you could be like this happened and it just means that I can do more fun things in the future and yeah so I was I was really happy and it was really lovely like I, I was locked down with my family and um 
yeah, having that kind of celebration with my family was just like really special. Oh, that's um, so lovely. Yeah, I think my mum was like really happy. She was like secretly like, yes, we can watch the chase together to celebrate. <laughs> so loved it. Does that, like when things like that happen, do they feel really surreal or do they just feel like life now? Um. De- oh, definitely really, really surreal. Like that's honestly the day Um. it was like, number nine in the charts was a year after I had a vocal surgery um on my voice uh and like last year in 2019 I think it was like I can't remember the exact date like 24th of June or something um I thought I was never going to sing again and to think a year later one we're in the middle of a global pandemic love her um (laughs) but also to have like a, a song in the top Uh, like 10 was just like mad and I think like really that will always be with me as like how much can happen in a year if you just like you know work at things and keep going and like really back yourself so yeah that was a that was a weird moment for sure but it was it was really lovely I think that's a really hopeful um mentality to know that a year ago things were so different and that's something that I've like taken away from like I saw that on your Instagram and I was like that's so positive to know that you can have so much control of your life that things can change so quickly. Yeah, they really can. And I think that it's, I always try and live my life by everything happens for a reason. And it's so weird to think at that point in my life, like, and I've had it before where I'm just like, there's no way, this is the lowest it can get. I feel so low, I'm never going to get out of this, like, feeling. Mm. And then you do, and you look back and you've, like, feeling uncomfortable and feel that feeling of, like, hopelessness is actually, like, the universe kind of pushing you and, like, you're outside of your comfort zone and you're, like, learning new things. So it's actually really, really positive, even though it feels like the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it really did last year. It really definitely did. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm... I'm just trying to live with that mentality through the pandemic and yeah hope hope you do as well <laughs> what song did you choose for your yesterday and why so i picked um heart of glass by blondie excellent choice i mean it's just Blondie as a whole is just a 10 out of t- they're just 10 out of 10. Debbie Harry is like one of my absolute icons as a child. Um, but yeah, I think that was one of the songs like I really remember growing up loving and helped me kind of fall in love with music. Um, and just, I don't know, it just, it, it was, it was, I have like really clear memories of sitting in the back of the car, like squished between my two brothers and if you sit in the middle of the car in my family, you're DJ. And I was I was like, okay, you guys have a window, but I'm DJ. So it's cool. Um, I'd pick that any day. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just bashing out uh, Blondie, best of Blondie. So Who introduced yeah. you to Blondie then? Oh, she's my mum's favourite. Like, Aww. absolute favourite. And my mum doesn't listen to any other music like when she (laughs) exclusively is in the fandom of Blondie and Abba and that's it nothing else well strong choices genuinely and that so that was like from my mum and then my dad has like this huge like extensive kind of amazing music taste which I definitely like dipped in and out of as well but um yeah Blondie came from my mum and is definitely she's like I got you into Blondie I got you to Auntie and I'm like, yes, you did, Mum. Thank you so much. What do you think it is about like Debbie Harry that resonated with so much? I just loved how I love women that can be so like sexy and so like feminine, 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 feminine. Feminine. I love feminine. <laughs> Why can I not say that word this morning? Feminine. It's a hard word. What on earth <laughs> is going on with my mouth? No, feminine. Feminine. <laughs> honestly what happened in that in that moment that was absolutely tragic that was so great feminine feminine i think it sounds feminine. better like that feminine oh my gosh okay anyway i just love how she can be so sexy we're not gonna say the, the f word um <laughs> but she's also like such a boss and she just like the way she'd perform on stage like i never saw blondie when i was younger but i used to watch like youtube videos um and i know like gwen stefani was really inspired by debbie harry as well and some of my other favorite like females have definitely taken from her and 
I just think it obviously like her influence just like is so powerful um and I loved yeah just a really strong female front woman has always just been like so inspiring to me so yeah I don't know I just think she's she's really cool do you think she's what got you into making pop music potentially I think so I think um Heart of Glass just being like a a track out of a soundtrack that I used to listen to as a child of like like just loads I loved Motown as well like just so many different songs that just made me love like pop music as well um and I think I I would really tune into like the songwriting of um Blondie's songs mm. in particular because I just was always fascinated by how catchy they were um and as a kid I was always really fascinated by how like nursery rhymes really catchy as well and yeah I think like one way oh no it's very like hooky and it's just like such an earworm so yeah I think melodies like that really just stuck in my head so yeah you like instantly know what that song is within like two seconds of listening to it and that's so powerful was there a particular moment then for you when you were younger that you were like I have to do music um I think the thing is I never thought being a singer was a career option just because in the area I grew up and until I went was like 13 14 like it just wasn't a thing like creative kind of industries weren't really encouraged um and it was only when I ended up going to performing arts school in like Croydon um I ended up like kind of being around creative people and being like oh actually like this could be a thing so I think I just did it because I loved it and I used to like get like the I used to get like uh, the backing tracks of songs like that you'd usually karaoke to and just be like I'm like my own I'm like my own tune it's gonna be great um, I love that yeah so I think I probably did it to Heart of Glass as well so yeah I, I I think that just always sparked it and I always like would try and do like girl groups in like the playground in like year four I'd be like guys I've got this sick <laughs> idea of <laughs> guys so do you ever do like talent shows at school and stuff yeah, I just, you know what it was? As soon as you, like, open it up to more people, I'd get really shy. I'd get, like, really <laughs> anxious and shy. But if it was my friendship group, I was, like, I was so loud. And that honestly is the exact same thing as, like, normal. Like, if it's, like, three people, I'm so, like, obnoxiously loud. But as soon as there's a huge, like, load of people, I'm just like, oh, I'm, so, I'm shy. <laughs> I'm super shy. So you used to... um write for other pop artists so you've written for the likes of Rita Ora and Ollie Mers and what was it that made you decide that you wanted to be kind of an artist in your own right and start releasing your own music um I think I'd always known I wanted to be an artist I just wanted to like figure out what I wanted to say and who I wanted to be um and I think that just takes time like I needed to grow up a little bit because I started writing for other artists like as soon as I left school so I was like 18 when I had my first like songwriting cut in the charts and I was like what on earth is going on it was super super strange I think it was like really it was quite a lucky situation that I just happened to kind of write with the right people and um yeah sometimes songs just happen like that I think it's like little bursts of magic we love it (laughs) um but yeah, because of that, it like that song in particular, it was a song with Jonas Blue. Um, it kind of opened up like loads of doors as a writer. And because I loved it, I just took that opportunity to write for other artists and kind of get inside their heads and see like their process as an artist and see like if that's something I wanted to do. And then as soon as I like wrote a series of songs, I was like, oh, this feels like me. Like this feels like I don't want to give it away to anyone else. So that's kind of the process that it took for me to be like, I'm ready to go. That's a really cool way of like finding out what your sound is by trying like other people's sounds almost Pretty first. much, yeah. I honestly, I definitely was um, dabbling in multiple genres, which I should never dabble in again. <laughs> no, I think that's so cool. Like, I'm always so interested in like if every single person was a musician what music they would make because such a good question oh my gosh I love that I feel like it gives away so much of who you are it's like a real statement of your personality that's such a good question I love that (laughs) I'm gonna walk like be people watching on the tube just like you are a heavy metal queen (laughs) I love it that's amazing so how does it feel different for you now I think it is 
um it feels really like expose it it depends on the song but um when i released my first single different things that was the main emotion i was just like oh why did i do that cuz i just feel exposed exposé um <laughs> not even just to like uh like strangers but to like the person like i wrote it about yeah. who i had pretended i was completely fine about to my friends and family who again i com- completely told everyone I was fine and they were like when were you sad about this yeah. and it was alone in my room I was haha shut the curtains cry 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 <laughs> so um yeah I think um yeah that for me it was it was kind of it felt really I felt really vulnerable but again as I was saying earlier I think that's actually quite good like it's not only now do I clock like that's actually really good and it made me grow and it made me like understand myself more and yeah. like um address things that I probably needed to dra- address about myself so yeah it was it's been great I, it's know. it's super brave I think to be so revealing in music but I think also that's what makes makes the difference between songs that really resonate with someone and songs that don't like you being so open and vulnerable in them means that they'll probably connect to someone who's feeling the exact same way is that something that you have experienced since releasing those songs that people have yeah, connected? Yeah, I mean, I that thank you. That I mean, that's definitely like one of the main things I would reasons I actually wanted to be an artist was the fact that I just wanted to connect with people through things I was feeling in the way that like Gwen Stefani connected with me or like just yeah those songs I would sing in the back of the car like made me feel mm. um, and. Uh, yeah getting messages like even if it's from like one person saying oh that made me really that really helped me that really like made me understand how I was feeling just is like honestly the best feeling in the world and it's Aww. like it's really nice and I think it is definitely different to when you're writing for someone else because I don't think you have that responsibility of like okay this is what it means um this is why I did it um and kind of explaining it it's just like writing a song that feels good for someone else is yeah it's really different um but yeah I I love it when people say stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like it works both ways because it's helping you because if you're struggling to convey your emotions but then music is your outlet it helps you and then it will help someone who potentially is struggling to portray to anyone how they feel but then they hear your song and it's like this is it yeah oh wow I do I do hope so I think like um people definitely gravitate towards things that can I think music is so special in that sense that like you can hear a song and a lyric that perfectly from someone on the other side of the Mm. planet that perfectly like represents how you're feeling yeah and you've never met that person and it's like it makes you feel so um understood yeah and that's how music makes me feel and that's how I want people that listen to my music to feel and whether that's a happy song like like mm. that or if it's like a really sad like song like one of my songs called easy for you is like really tragic and really <laughs> and really like aggy but um I'll listen to it when I'm just like I wrote it for my friend who was going through a really really shit breakup um and yeah she she always says like oh that that song really helped me and I'm just like that's why I released it girl because it just yeah it's such a good feeling oh that must be you a great friend if you can write music for your friend she's a great friend for sitting down at brunch with me and saying I wish I paid attention to the way she treated her ex because I was like girl (laughs) let me take that line oh my god under the table like scribbling honestly I was like give me four minutes go to the toilet just to voice note this quick one too What song have you picked for your today? Um, I picked my own song with Rule called Empty Love. Um, And yeah, that's my today pick. Why did you pick that song? I think just because it really summarises everything that's happened. Like for me, not just this year with the pandemic. It's so weird that everything happened with the pandemic and this song came out. Because I feel like, like weirdly, it just synced up with like... Yeah, the themes of the song, but I actually had written it the year before when I was in my own little personal lockdown um, after my vocal operation. 
and I just like was so obsessed with my phone I just released songs and I was just starting to get like feedback and not all of it was like positive like I think as soon as you come out as an artist you open yourself up not just an artist but I think everyone on social media these days Mm. are opening themselves up to like abuse and just like random judgment from people that don't know you as a person um and empty love was just about that struggle of like being obsessed with like doing things that weren't making me happy like I was obsessed with like trying to make myself like feel shit Mm. for no reason just using the internet um and like constantly going oh well I can't do this and that person can so I'm gonna like keep looking and looking until I feel like I don't want to get out of bed um so yeah it was comparison is the thief of joy a (laughs) hundred percent that is the truth give me love give me love give me love as I got out of that like really weird dark period where I was just like not being able to speak um feeling like my career yeah, was so tell gone. me about that so you had your operation um so I had not vocal nodules and I had had them for like ages I'd had them ever since I was at school and um like I think even like my brother has nodules and he's not a singer but like it's some it was just uh, yeah my voice was always really husky I'd lose it really quickly and it was always in the back of my head I was like oh how would I actually go and tour because I can't keep my voice healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to a point where I was like writing five days a week. Um, when I was going from school, like after school sessions, I was going like all day um, at school, like singing and stuff. And like being, I did musical theatre at school, um, which is it's not very me now, but. Um, <laughs> I used to like run from like lessons, like from like ballet lessons to like studio. So it was like twelve hour days of using Crikey, my voice. That's a lot. Yeah, it was like proper long. Um, and then I just knackered my voice out, and it got to last year. And um, yeah, basically, I was in LA, and I was like trying to write, and it was like my second ever time in LA, and it's like such a whirlwind when you're there um, so exciting yeah you'd think it's like oh my god this is amazing but I got to a point where I had to vocal rest when I wasn't in the studio so I was only using my voice for two weeks when I was writing and it just is so uninspiring because you can't the best thing about LA is you go out and you meet people mm. and you're you know you go to the beach and you like really well that's not the only thing in LA but <laughs> It's definitely a pull for her. And yeah, it just felt like a really weird low time because I couldn't speak. And um, I was with my manager at brunch and I had to cancel a session even though I tried my hardest to keep my voice healthy. I had to cancel it and I just burst into tears and she was like, you're going to need that operation, girl. And I was like, I know. Um, And then I got home and then had to get the operation. So that kind of definitely destroyed my plans for 2019 yeah I can um, imagine at a time as well when like it feels like everything's just taking off and then you kind of have to step back and do some recovery it must be really difficult to accept that yeah I think so I think like for me I mean I guess to everyone else it wasn't a big deal because it was like two songs in mm-hmm. it's like who even are you um but for me having written for other people and this was like the year yeah. like this was gonna be my year um and then yeah to have that kind of taken I was like okay um but in those situations where there's nothing you can do like you know with the whole coronavirus situation like you just have to sit back and go cool well what can I control mm. and all I could control was like resting my voice trying to get better um and yeah I think but having trying to be like looking after myself I ended up getting into this like weird cycle of like mentally ruining myself by just like being obsessed with the internet in the worst way so yeah and when you're talking about like people feeling like they want to have an opinion on you as a new artist I feel like comments online 
they mean nothing and they mean everything all at the same time because for the people that are writing them they're just kind of like on their phone typing something they don't really think about the impact that it's going to have but for people receiving them it's kind of like a whole it might be a whole host or it might just really hit home and they might only pay attention to that one Mm. so it's kind of like this disconnect online between the cause and effect if you know what I mean 100% and and that's what's so freaky like that's like all of the themes of empty love is just like having to get validation from strangers Mm. like it's it's just mad and I think like I was in a state where I was already so vulnerable and obviously no one was to know that because I I decided like when I had the operation everyone around me like my team were like tell people so it doesn't just look like you've randomly gone off yeah like it looks weird and I was just like not in a mental position Mm. where I could tell people like the week it happened because I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like sing again yeah um and it was that it was just felt really painful so yeah to kind of feel like I was already kind of being I don't know like reading stuff that I was like oh okay cool what is the point then like no one mm. likes me anyway so there's no point in my voice even coming back so yeah it was it was weird but you know we move and we got through it got a song out of it yeah definitely um and I got some good life experience and learned a little bit about myself so <laughs> yeah yeah definitely through those weird dark times there's always always like you always get through it that's all I can say to people who are going through a weird time and it must be kind of, I guess I, I find this with writing, like if you write things down when you're in a bad place, when you kind of come out of it, being able to actually look back and be like, whoa, I've come so far. And it must feel like that in terms of having a song that really depicts that time for you. And then like being able to hear it now and feeling completely different to how you felt then. Mm-hmm. That must be really rewarding. Yeah, I think the worst thing is when you can relate to your old songs. Like, And yeah. it was kind of a bit shit when... Empty Love, I'd written it. It was one of the first songs I wrote after I got my voice back and it happened so quick and it felt like everything came into place. Um, And then, yeah, it came to, we came to release it just in terms of like release schedule stuff with like my team. Um, We got it out in, I think it was May. And just so happens we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I was back in the same Mm. childhood bedroom I had like been in that year before um so yeah it's it's weird but it also felt very like full circle because I was in a much better mindset um I actually like filmed the entire music video from my bedroom yeah I saw that that looked Um, so cool was that an experience oh yeah definitely it was it was like five cameras and I am like grandma Gracie like absolutely (laughs) not not able to work a phone so um I had like my friend Aiden who does like quite a few of my videos like on FaceTime like trying to help me figure out how to do it um and then Rule was the same in Australia like he the other side of the world like doing the same thing so yeah it's it was weird but yeah Empty Love is my today song because it's it's how I think the world is at the minute definitely and I feel like a lot of people have really connected with that song is there a particular lyric from that song that people have told you that they've really resonated with um I I think the middle eight, um, do you ever get tired of pretending to be yourself? That's I, the lyric I love as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, that lyric actually came up with n- before I'd even, like, finished the So I wrote the, the whole jux of it, I guess, in September. And I kept, like, was just thinking about that. I think it, I was, like, on the tube or... Um, and like wrote it in my notes and then it like really resonated with me and kind of sculpted the whole of my like 2020 kind of vibe like mm-hmm. I'm really obsessed with this artist Nam Doon Pike who had an exhibition around um, on at the Tate in January which I went to and I was just instantly like in love with it and it just felt so empty love so like like a couple of these releases like on my um, EP but yeah, all of that it surrounds like the same themes of empty love and um, of that literally that lyric. Um, do you ever get tired of pretending to be yourself? Because I think yeah, it's it's so easy to like be like I'm fine, guys, mm. and me being I try and be a people pleaser when actually like sometimes it's good to just be like I'm really sad today. I'm not feeling good. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's exhausting as well pretending, especially on social media. I think it becomes so tiresome and what confuses me about social media is that even though I'm so aware that like it is just the highlights and like I feel like I know that and I'm like yeah 
I understand that this is people's best bits and I actually know that person. I know they've not even had a good time this year or whatever. You still get sucked in. I don't know how. You do. It's so, it is so weird. It's like filters are just like, mm. yeah, they just make everything seem sunny and fun. And sometimes I look at my profile and I'm like, oh, she's so happy. <laughs> and I'm just like, realistically, that's not me all the time. But I equally am I'm such a mess because I also hate like pity and I mm. hate when I I don't want anyone to think when I'm if I tweet and say I'm having a really shit day to think I'm like attention seeking yeah. or trying to get you know like everyone's having a shit yeah. day it's difficult balance isn't it yeah it is but I think yeah it's just finding that balance of being real but also like you know trying not to be fake <laughs> yeah and it's natural not to show want to show when you're having a bad time as well I feel mm. like if you're like sat in your pajamas hungover all day, you're not going to put a post a selfie. So it's kind of like that, but in an exaggerated form. Mm. But as you said, so important for people to know that you are a real person mm. that experiences down times as well as these amazing exciting times like getting platinum records and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, I think even like even with like all of that stuff, it's so easy to like on paper to be like oh we've had a great year but mm. then like I'll think about this year and I'll think about all the times where I, I've been really sad and I've been crying and I've been like in my pajamas wondering why like I can't go on tour or I can't you know like I you know just feel like I'm not it's not working mm. um so yeah there's there's just it happens to everyone and I think it's really important to like spark the conversation about it really just keep it going it's not a one person job it's an everyone job (laughs) (laughs) and I just wanted to ask you while we're on that what is your kind of go-to coping mechanism when you are having a bad day um I think it's like I I, whenever I'm having a bad day I always will say like I want to throw my phone in a lake (laughs) yeah I don't know why I can relate to that so much I just want to like pop it in a bag (laughs) jump on it a few times in the lake it goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> off I'm flying free but realistically like what's so weird is that um and what I found really difficult over like the pandemic lockdown was that it was also the only way I could communicate with people that was supporting me and who I was connecting with and w- were helping me as well um so it was like this double-edged sword where I didn't want to go on my phone because I felt like really shit on the mm. internet but I also really needed that kind of support system as well um and yeah so I think for me I'll just like turn my phone off like allow myself to like have downtime um because I do think it's hard with music because it's not just a nine to five it's like I care so much and I I will literally be up until like 12 at night you're like living and breathing it effectively yeah and I I, obviously that's like a lot of artists are are similar but um I'm definitely a perfectionist so I, I think it's just like Put on a good film, put on a series, Sex in the City, good cup of tea, maybe a chocky bicky, <laughs> and just have some some time with your family and and maybe a fun dog or cat. Yeah, exactly. That's all I can suggest. God. It will pass though. That is. I amazing. think we have the exact same coping mechanism. I agree. Tea, I Sex in the City, chocolate, and pets. A hundred percent. That's it. <laughs> Sounds like my ideal evening. That's it. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> What song did you choose for your tomorrow? I chose Lifetime by Romy. Amazing song. I love this. Oh my gosh. It's like a warm hug. It's, it's such, so good. It's so good. I just chose it because, I mean, um, it came out and I just felt instantly like, it's just like quite a euphoric feeling song. And I think it's such a good time to release a song like that. It Definitely. makes me want to go out, but it also... I'm perfectly fine dancing around to it in my bedroom, pretending I'm in a music video. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just it, it's just incredible. I, I'm a huge fan of Romy and the XX. Um, and like me and my friend actually went to Jamie XX, who I think is a producer on it, I assume. Um, it does he, sound very Yeah, good. I think it. I think he is. Um, yeah, we went to like a gig of his. He did this like six hour gig at Brixton Academy like a couple of years ago. So Amazing. it always just like makes me think of kind of good times um like to look forward to I guess 
Um, yeah, I just I think it's such a brilliant song, and I'm so obsessed with her. I think she's so cool. You use the word euphoric to describe that song, and I think that's literally the perfect word for it. Like I put that song on like first thing in the morning when you get up, and it makes you feel like you're gonna have a good day. Hundred percent. So, what are you most excited for about the future then? Um, I mean, I definitely I have to say at all. I mean, I've done one live show so far, two live shows so far, um, and. It's just like a, a feeling like I never thought it would ever feel like that. Um, my first ever gig in January, just like having it was like a little tiny venue, um, and it was filled, and it was like I covered it in like red lighting because I'm obsessed with, especially with imposter syndrome. My like first EP, I was just like obsessed with red, um, and yeah, it was just like a room of red and like little people just living their lives screaming. I shouldn't have believed shit, <laughs> which is lyric from Easy View, um, and yeah, it's just like it was so sick. So I'd love to kind of go on tour with some as as well and kind of like learn how to do it from someone else. Um, I think that's like the main thing as a new artist. I've kind of unfortunately like missed out on is kind of being involved in someone's like show and supporting them and mm. watching how they do it I mean I, I say watching how they do it I've been to every live gig you could possibly imagine <laughs> like I'm obsessed with live gigs but um yeah I don't know I think yeah having the opportunity to kind of perform to uh, someone else's fan base and like yeah. connect with people it's it's definitely been a bit of a struggle over like um the pandemic trying to like grow as a new artist without live gigs yeah. and stuff and without festivals and all sorts but yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for that. If it can possibly happen in the near future, that would be stunning. And I would good, really appreciate it. it. It'd be lovely to have live music back. Yeah, it's interesting that you were saying that you'd love to kind of go on tour with someone else and watch someone else because in a way then you're also getting real-time feedback from the audience mm-hmm. because if they are not necess- like maybe not aware of you or something at that point, then you're like literally getting their reaction there and then that that must be so exciting yeah I think there's something really special in that Mm. because I will always get there for the sport acts I I love watching the sport acts like some of my favorite um gigs have been the support acts of artists I love yeah um I saw a band called Vaults support um Jack Garrett ages ago and I remember it really vividly um, and it really, really inspired me. I was like, I if I support someone on tour, I'm going to be that good. I want it to be so energetic um, and win people over. So, yeah, I hope I could do that at some point. Um, watch, you'll watch me on a support tour and I'll be standing still like a brick. <laughs> like, I'm so afraid. I was um, going to say, do you get do you get nervous before you perform then? Um, I mean, I, I do get... I used to have, like... Re- I actually had um, therapy for um, stage fright. <laughs> no was, way. When I was at um, performing art school. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm just quite an anxious person as it, it goes. But it, I oh, get yeah, yeah. triggered. <laughs> yeah. You, but do you ever feel that, like, some parts of your life you'll be more anxious than other parts? Mm. Like, I think... Um, yeah, just for a period of my life, I was super, super anxious around like performing and, um, yeah, it was really tricky, but I think I'm always going to have that, but knowing that how much I love it, um, really helps. I can imagine the feeling as well when you come off stage after you've done that and you've pushed yourself so much, it must feel amazing. Do you only kind of get that sense of like relief and enjoyment afterwards or does it kind of start happening while you're on stage do you find um yeah from that it was like I was shaky leaf um in the wind for honestly I came out and I was like oh no I've lost the ability to stand still (laughs) what is wrong with me um but about halfway through the first song when I felt I felt really comfortable really excited um and I could see people kind of reacting Mm. and responding it was just like the best feeling it was like it was like every little girls like dream come true even though it was like one person in the room and it was exclusively my mum um <laughs> I was just like mom it's you uh but no it was really really special so I look forward to that at some point potentially in the future it's interesting because I feel like anxiety is often misunderstood because if you're like confident socially people always like assume that you wouldn't then be 
anxious about other things. Yeah, I feel that. I, but I think anxiety isn't just, you know, oh, I'm anxious, so I'm this. Like, yeah, exactly. It's so broad and it comes, like, I'll my anxiety will be triggered by really, like, specific certain things. Mm. And I know my friends who are also very similar and we kind of have become friends because of this yeah. um, get triggered by other things. And it's just like, at, if... People feel I really, really um, sympathise with people who are anxious, and I know it kind of gets thrown around a lot. But mm. it, the thing is, we live in a world where it's so easy to be scared of things, and yeah. it's so like everything comes across as so perfect, and you think that's how everything is, mm. and it's not the truth. Like so, yeah, I think that's why pe- more and more people are coming out saying how they actually feel, um, and I think it's yeah, it's really important to. To just be honest with yourself. If you're feeling low, you're feeling scared, talk to someone because um, chances are someone's feeling the same way. If you, this big question, if you could change anything about tomorrow, what would it be? I I would love, mm, oh, there's so many things. Um, I would love for us to live in a world where... Um, I, I feel like still like women are really pitted against each other. That's why I love this podcast. I yeah. think it's so sick. <laughs> Thank you. Because actually, like, like women are so powerful when they join together yeah. and they support each other. And um, I think sometimes, especially in pop music, I found recently like it's like one female is the only female allowed in pop art, pop music yeah. and it's just like tiring because I'm so inspired and in, like in awe of other artists other new females uh, people that I've grown up listening to yeah. um and I don't want to feel like we can't you know draw off each other and like respect each other and celebrate one another exactly um, like why should it be or rather than and exactly and I think um I don't know if it is just like a one-way thing or guys feel it as well and it's something I should probably like explore and like talk to other Mm. male like male artists about it but I know like my female artist friends feel similar way and it's not fair like I I would hope that we as we keep fighting that you know keep going and working towards it and keep celebrating one another like we just open that table up so Mm. as many girls can sit on it as possible and you know we it's not just like, oh, there's your token female on a panel. Yeah. There's your, it's exactly. like completely fair. And I think, um, you know, there's so there's so much that girls are offering at the minute. Um, not to say guys aren't as well, but I think that's you know, yeah. it's just always there in your face. So I just hope that as a world we can kind of you know go female and like really yeah. focus on it. And like my like my my entire team is essentially is almost entire team is a uh, female as well which is pretty rare for like yeah, music industry definitely. so yeah girls are powerful 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 so I think that's probably what I would hope and wish for I think that's a great like that's good. a great one do you think your team being all female has enabled you to potentially be more confident in like pushing your ideas and stuff forward oh that's such a good question um yeah I think I, I've never really experienced it any other way. Like, my manager's, like, my big sister. Mm. And, like, I met her when she was 23 and I was 16. And um, I used to, like, stay at her house and, like, we used to, like, share a bed. Oh, That's such a nice relationship to Yeah, have like, things like that, I think, I wouldn't have been able to do. I wouldn't have been able to stay in London if it wasn't for Jazz. So, um, yeah, I think she's def Like, she's had it in her own, like, world as well. Like, mm. being a manager... Um, a female manager has its own tasks as well, like trying to get people to listen to yeah. you. And um, she's such a boss as well. Like she's <laughs> such that. a boss. And um, she's like told me before in the past, like she's walked in to um, like shoots with other, uh, like other artists she's managing. And like, they've gone to shake like the hairstylist who's a guy's hand. And she's yeah. like, Oh no, I'm jazz. Like I am the manager. So frustrating. Um, and I think it's just like in time that will change, but uh, yeah, I think she, it's definitely opens you up and inspi- It's inspiring. She inspires me. So yeah, I don't know. My mum's the same. Like she's really like strong woman. So I'm just inspired by those girls. Aww. And what do you think the music industry can do to help kind of even out that balance, that gender split? Um, you know what I do. 
give props to um the music industry as a whole i think are definitely trying um and i see more and more people are like open to hearing it and like there's more um kind of female uh ceos or like um heads kind of coming in to like some labels um which is super exciting to see um and more awareness as well i feel like is happening about it definitely um and i think yeah, it's it's obviously it's not just with it's like with everything. It needs to be an even playing field. It needs to be like all ethnicities. It needs to be um all genders. Like it, it just yeah, I think it's really important because music especially and the reason why I would say it's more important in like a creative industry is it's because it's the thing that um you'd watch people not like you know normal people would come home and watch TV and I want to see I don't just want to see you know like white men on yeah. tv i want to see every representation, I want re- yeah. representation i think so important so yeah i definitely think it's starting to creep in and it's so exciting and it's wicked um so yeah props to people that are really trying to do that for sure like i don't want to be like no one's doing anything i think it's <laughs> it just takes time doesn't it and yeah i i wanted to ask you from the outside perspective again this could be wrong in terms of how it feels internally I just wanted to know how that feels to kind of achieve your dreams in a way for someone that's Aww. actually achieved everything that you could have wanted to. That's such a nice thing to to think about. I I think it's um like all being like grateful for it as well because it's I can't remember what the exact theory is called, but there's there is this theory that um it's like every two years as people, as humans, like we get used to things every two years mm. and that becomes a norm. So if I bought like a Ferrari, by the second year, I'd be like, cool, done with her. Like yeah. now what? And I think it's just like being really like grateful for that. Um, And it's so easy and I really struggle with it because I, I think I am quite ambitious, mm. but um, like I, I do think sometimes like I should really just stay in the moment and really like be thankful and grateful for everything that's happened regardless of what's going on in the world because like it's ridiculous and mm. um, I'm so so lucky and so grateful and like blessed so um it feels great when I <laughs> when I'm actually not an idiot and I'm grateful for it and I'm not just thinking oh panicking about the future um but it, I think everyone yeah. does it it is all relative and I think our whole society is geared up for constantly moving forward Mm. and I that's why I was asking it really because I was wondering if you ever kind of have a have that moment you're like oh I've done it the one moment I would say I really felt that was that that day that um it was number don't need lovers don't it was number nine and it was a year after my vocal that was the one day I was like I'm just gonna really appreciate that I came on this journey and I'm really grateful for everything that's happened this year um and that sounds really bad that it was just that one day that I was like yes but Mm. I think there is that external pressure from like the people around you that are also like okay cool well that was great but now what and um yeah it's maybe it's like a personal responsibility to go I'm doing well I'm going to have a another chucky becky (laughs) (laughs) treat Um, yourself another episode of yeah exactly (laughs) so what would you say to people who are anxious about their future um i i mean i'm definitely not one to to <laughs> know cuz i i don't but i um a story that always like kind of helps me was i was working with this photographer once um and she was this wicked like brazilian girl and i was like oh asking her all about how she got into photography and she was saying how she was like studying law in Brazil or something similar, I think. And then she decided and like her family was so proud of her and everything. Mm. Um, and she just wasn't enjoying it. And she was probably what, like 20 ish. And she just decided she was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And she just like left, went to the UK, came to the UK Um and started working in a pub and she was like really confused about like what she was doing. Um, and then like, um these people came in after a gig with like cameras and I I don't know how long ago this is so definitely this is not my story but um (laughs) I was so inspired by it um and they were basically like oh yeah if you go in with cameras like you can get in as press like we we can figure out a way to get you in with us like as press and you can take pictures of the bands um and then she 
got a camera, like borrowed a camera for a mate and started doing that. And that's, that's how she got into music photography. Um, and that's how she found her way. And she didn't find it until she was like, what, 25, I think. Yeah. And it's like sometimes the universe works in a weird way where actually like you might think this is how your life's going to go, but it might go somewhere else. And you just have to embrace that sometimes there's good and bad and bad and good and mm. go with it what your heart says and then you know you might find that you'll be uh randomly taking pictures of bands or you'll be a singer in you know the middle of a pandemic and i think one of the things i found really empowering as well is thinking about every day as the as the start of the rest of your life Mm. and like so no matter what's happened to you in the past like you don't have to let that define your future and you're in control of like changing things if you want to change things you can just start in the morning and start tomorrow I think that's really nice. That's so true. Are you like a, um, okay, it's um, Monday, it starts today, because that is me. And it sh- and I should listen to your advice. It's, it's not everyday Monday. I am definitely that. And then like, if I eat badly on the Monday, I'm like, well, I've ruined the week now. So. That's literally me. I'm literally like, I'll get up and I'll be like, a croissant. And they'll be like, Grace, croissant is not in the diet plan. Fuming. It makes you happy. It so. makes you happy. Everything's in everything's in moderation moderation. thank you yeah 100% well thank you so much for chatting to me I've really appreciated and loved chatting to you where can people find you and your music I've had a great little chat thank you for (laughs) having me um and it's Gracie with an EY um on Instagram and Gracie something on Twitter no it's not Gracie something it's Gracie music underscore because everything else was taken (laughs) Um, but I think it's that. I don't even know if it's that. So love it. Um, but yeah, they'll find you. They'll find me somewhere. <laughs> um, You'll pop up. I'll pop up. But yeah, listen to my um my new EP, Art of Close, the Art of Closure, if you want to. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Gracie. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Gracie for speaking to me. She's so lovely. If you'd like to support her, definitely go and check out her brand new mini album, The Art of Closure. Next week, I'm speaking to Instagram sensation Lily O'Farrell, better known to her followers as Vulgar Drawings. Lily is so funny and smart, so definitely look out for that episode dropping next Thursday. It's a really good one. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share and subscribe as it will help more people to find us. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, it's at Vocal Girls Club and tomorrow is at TMRWMag. Thank you so much again for listening and I'll see you next week.